Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome along to episode 68 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast and a very jam-packed and exciting show we've got for you tonight. On this week's show we talk about the new weapon of Scottish football that is Alex Reagan. <laughs> very witty title I thought there, and his thoughts on the Betfred Cup ticket distribution. We also did discuss our trip to Tynecastle, my first visit to Tynecastle. Uh, we also got caught uh, or caught our eyes some lederhosen, <laughs> yes. which we spotted. John always uh, has an eye for some bratwurst around yeah. <laughs> the stadium. <laughs> uh, so we'll be discussing our experience there, and also how Ray McKinnon managed to go from Falkirk High to Cappy Low. See what I did there? Very good. <laughs> In what is known as the the serpent Slytherin-esque derby, Aye. Uh, reminiscent of a Quidditch match, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, we'll also be using some of our uh, raggedy speculation to talk about some uh, conspiracy theories, so stay tuned for that. And we might have a little quiz on some attendances, so also stay tuned for that. Anyway, joining me this evening is uh, you know diehard Falkirk fan, despite the fact he seems to have stuffed himself with jam tarts at the weekend. I will. <laughs> Formerly known as Bruni, John Brown, it is Maroonie, as Hello. you might have seen on our Instagram <laughs> story. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about this later, but not a, not a man to, uh, you know, mince your words <laughs> Sometimes, <yeah. laughs> in the stadium. Uh, you had a good week, John? Ah, it's been alright, yeah. Fantastic man, enjoyed himself at hearts. And myself, uh, one of the most awkward men at Tyne Castle, <laughs> trying to hold back the cheers next to the most partisan supporter known to man, it is myself, Paul. So, anyway... Let's get straight on into things, shall we? Yay. Right. First topic this week uh, is the news. Um, so one of the things we spotted this week, actually, was uh, the Bleacher Report on various forms of social media. Very big companies. You should go and follow them wherever you can. Uh, have produced a little sort of set of shorts known as the champions the champions to the champions the uh, champions i think okay in the style of sort of a, a desperate housewives towy sort of made in chelsea yes yep. it's a cartoon but it's brilliant it's superb <laughs> absolutely brilliant uh, so first couple of episodes we've got you know the who's who of european football really don't we pretty much it's playing on every stereotype you can even imagine this oh, it's absolutely fantastic very clever i think you know a few of our favorite lines from that, um, you know, I think Salah, <laughs> the intro to one of them is like, they said I could carry the Egyptian football team. I couldn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, what are your favourite moments from the, the sort of shorts that you've seen? I mean, the absolute pinnacle of it is the German one. The Bundesliga, yeah. There, there's so much in that that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you've got the uh, sort of trade-off between Borussia Dortmund and, and Bayern Munich. Yes. And... They just get the stereotype absolutely spot on. They've got the kind of jealous Dortmund fans and players. Um, I can't remember who it is. Is it Marco Royce? Is a kind of central character? Yeah, he's a sort of father figure to the... Jealousy then gets moved to, to Bayern Munich. <laughs> well, it, it's one of these things where they're showing, you know, Bayern to lure him away to the sort of Oktoberfest. The later hosen, ironically, it seems to be Aye, a theme already this week. For Christian Pulisic. Um, Christian Pulisic, who's just this... They just capture the perfect sort of American. He's quite yep. this childish... Uh, who's from Hershey which I didn't know because they talk about his chocolate yep. fountain and stuff like that <laughs> who has a chocolate fountain but he's you know lured to this thing and it's Jerome Boateng and uh, Thomas Muller Aye. trying to lure him <laughs> and they're speaking about Bayern Munich like we don't really see it like the Bundesliga <laughs> we're like David was it David Hasselhoff to Beachwatch uh-huh. and like Royce is like get away from him you creeps <laughs> he's, he's only 22 <laughs> 
There's no idea. So they've, they've hit the nail on the head. Oh, it's fantastic. And the, the two Hoffenheim players. Yes. Standing on there's more people at the festival than there is in Hoffenheim. <laughs> 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 That's true. There's only like 6,000 people that live there. I know, but there's actually people we don't know here. Yep. I think their man does their manager look quite fresh faced as well because they kind of poked fun at him a bit. I think so. Does he not on his way to RB Leipzig at the end of the season as well? Oh, I'd, I've already announced. That. Oh, there, there's one of our conspiracy <laughs> theories already in the mix. Um, but I uh, goats are talking about pepping his cherry. Oh, uh, it's a good moment. Absolutely as well. sublime. We thoroughly recommend going to watch that. Yes. Sofa manager aren't going to come up with their own Scottish equivalent anytime soon. There's no point. <laughs> we don't have the. We don't quite have the graphic design chops. Uh, also, some interesting moments uh, on the radio on the way home from the Hearts game. Yes, as yep. usual, uh, tuning into Off the Ball. Kevin Kyle uh, is confirmed to be an Uber driver. And no, that doesn't mean he's a good driver. Uh, but he's working for the, the company Uber. So I know. What do you do after professional football ends? Well, there you go. Drive a taxi. Despite getting five grand a week, one bonuses at Sunderland. He's now driving an Uber getting no bonus at all. Well, well it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you get tips. It's, you just get the fare and that's it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you could get tips of, like, over the top. Wow, well, yeah. Uh, Backhander. So that was very surprising. Uh, they kind of had to pry the words out of him a bit on off the ball, I thought. Sometimes sometimes it just comes natural to people. It's... Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else? Ah, Australian interest in Scott Brown. And they're looking for, it's, what, West Melbourne? West Melbourne, who currently we, aren't in the... We think it's a new team. Yes. I don't think it's the same as when, like, is it LAFC were a brand new entity. No, they, they, they are a currently existing team who are applying for membership of the A-League. Probably. Because they've only got is it 10 teams, I think, in their National League. Right, possibly. So I don't know if someone's dropping out, or if maybe two are coming in, or... I mean, they can't play with 11, just daft. Well, this is, this is very forward thinking. You know, you, they're thinking, right, we need... A big star signing, and this is what's gone down, you know, previously in America, for example, yes, with their sort of designated player. Australia tried it as well um, a while ago mm-hmm. uh, with Del Piero. He went to was it Sydney, Sydney FC. I think so. I think he played in light blue or something, didn't yeah. he? Um, but you know, is Scott Brown going to be the next, you know, David Beckham, David Villa, Del Piero? No, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what they're angling for. Scott Brown's not going to go to Australia for two seasons and then go, you know what, I quite fancy making my team myself. And doing a Beckham, the brute, the the under. You could have the I don't know, the Brisbane hoops or the Brisbane Brunies. I think is the Brisbane much <laughs> is the much more you know appealing thing. I think I don't know how much he has to do with these rumours. I mean, Brendan Rodgers is obviously rubbish. This, but if I heard something like that, I think that's a pretty good retirement gig. It's a good year. It is. He'll, he'll get a pretty penny. He'll um, get a good tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, a lot of sun cream for his baldy head, like nah, but, you know. Coin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Ross McCormack is uh, earning his living. He's found his level. <laughs> well, <laughs> he has. Hey, the thing is, I actually watched game on on Sunday morning. It happened to be on. I thought I'd educate myself a little bit for this segment. Uh, Brisbane Roar against the Central Coast Mariners, who McCormack played for. I will be signing Usain Bolt soon as well. Uh, who will, looks like, be signing Usain Bolt, much to the dismay of the, the punditry team there, who have obviously <laughs> next to flash and grab that oh, really is. He's mint. Uh, well, he's got two good goals, apparently, in a bounce game nah. beforehand. But uh, McCormack was a bit meh. His team were getting pummeled uh, in the second half. But... It was the first use in a, in a sort of smaller league, like the A-League is, I've seen VAR used. And, oh my gosh. It's quite janky. <laughs> so yeah. bad. Like, the decisions were so fine. 
they were all offside de- decisions that were like mm. you know you were a leg hair away all of which I'm well most of them I got think they got wrong in the end <laughs> Brisbane actually scored an excellent goal which they ruled offside now you were looking at this angle it was not directly in line is this one you sent me? No, that was the one after. Right. Which okay. I couldn't work out why that was offside because for these VAR graphics, they seem to put a line in no relevant point to where the offside actually yes. occurs. And this happens in England and, you know, all over the world as well. Uh, but that one, I think, was called offside because there was a second striker. Uh, I'll stick the picture up on <laughs> screen somewhere, now. Somewhere. Um, I think there was the guy that scored wasn't offside, but the guy running on was. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of confused about that. Uh, but it was really janky. But it did mask the fact that the play is it's very slow. You know, it's, it, it's painful to watch. It's, uh, it's not painful to watch. I would, I was, I was comparing it to the most recent thing I had, which was the Time Castle game, hmm. and they were nowhere near the standard of Hearts. But the player resembled some of what Aberdeen and perhaps a bottom six SPFL, especially a Championship it's, side. It's maybe about that kind of level. Top of the championship, perhaps. I think so. I mean, and then League One, League Two, England, because I watched those highlights. Will Volk's getting a good free kick again. Did he? Yes, yeah, he did. So, yeah. uh, and Josh McGuinness as well got a penalty for I think the team that played Rotherham. He's playing with Bolton now, apparently. Josh McGuinness. Yes, yes. Hanging with on for Burton Albion. That's an alright move. Alright move. And you might have seen as well, former. Scottish striker Jaden Stockley was on my list alongside Stephen Doby. Who's <laughs> uh, we'll he now? Exeter City. Wow. He's got eight for the season. All right, Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, a bit interesting to see. Probably won't happen. I don't know. Designated player. It sounds very glamorous. It does, but do you think he's maybe just angling for an improved contract? Because this is up for renewal. Mm, maybe. I think he's just using it as leverage, or someone's using it as leverage, whether it's an agent or him or. Everyone's always using something for leverage, aren't they? Well, this is it. So we'll see how that one pans out. Uh, we also had the second round of the Scottish Cup at the weekend. Mm. Some horror journeys taking place there. Oh, hi. Um, one of the Borders teams up to Brora Rangers. Uh, Coldstream, absolutely horsed as well. <laughs> five, or, five or six nil. Uh, comprehensively. That's uh, the one. Someone had to go down to Edgy Sport and Annan as well. Yeah, uh, ooh, was that former team? Or Cove or something like that. Uh, but a, a good showing from the likes of the Lowland and the Highland League teams, uh, with the professional teams actually struggling. Well, this is it as well. Stirling University are now further into the competition than Stirling Albion. <laughs> That's a bad sign. <laughs> That's quite funny. Well, it'd be great though. Why don't they just switch and like, well, not switch teams, but you know, just say like Stirling Uni play your games it's like at fourth uh, fourth bank. Yeah, uh, they might need capacity. <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> You might get more fans for Stirling Uni. Uh, we got a few mates who go to Stirling Uni, actually. I've, yeah. I've always been intrigued by like, uni teams because they're, they're at the, the Formula Ones in Austin this weekend hmm. and they were showing you the stadium for the Texas Longhorns, which is, I think they're their they're college. The, uh, it's like 60,000, 70,000 people. Well, they were saying 100,000, which I think was overstating right. things a bit. But I'm going... <laughs> and we've oh. got Stirling Uni who are probably... What, 20 people on yeah. a flat bit of turf oh, somewhere? The, the sort of girlfriends and whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be great to see it sort of elevated. You know. I mean, it's only them and uh, Edinburgh Uni. Yes. Neither, neither of the Glasgow team, Glasgow universities do it. No. Dundee certainly don't. Mm. Yeah, Robert Gordon, which I went to, never had the team. Mm. Napier probably, didn't they? Nah, well, they've got teams, but they're nowhere near the kind of professional standard. Yeah. standard. Well, it's interesting. That's a bit of 
Something different. Yeah, huh? You know, if you've got a good high school team, perhaps, you know, see how far you can get in that competition. <laughs> Kill <them> high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't predict uh, great things there. So, uh, Chris Humphreys playing for East Kilbride. How the mighty hath fallen. Indeed. Uh, Hibernian. Where was he at last? Was it Hibernian he was at last? Dundee. Dundee, maybe. Dundee anyway, right so, in. <laughs> yeah, correct. Comments have been good <laughs> on the social media oh, this week, I must say. Help so, us out. Uh, I'd like to thank you very much. I've got scouts all over the land. Uh, I've got a few Falkirk fans who are showing me what was going on at the Morton game. Mm. Uh, not good. We'll get to that later. Uh, we've also had offers, uh, and thank you kindly, from some Hearts fans as to redo our uh, title song. <laughs> so we'll see. So uh, no, keep that up. And again, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Mostly just Twitter and Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe, Like, people. subscribe if you do like this content. We're plugging 10 minutes into the show. I know. I forgot to put it in the intro. <laughs> I totally forgot to put it in the intro. Anyway. Merch still to come. Yes. <laughs> I get the piss taken out of me for not having that. On to the main crux of things. Okay. Uh, on our social media, which would have been a smoother segue, but, you know, we're here. Um, on Instagram this week, there was a, or on Twitter as well, uh, Alex Ray put up a tweet that got my blood boiling mm. as an Aberdeen fan he quoted and I won't quote the whole thing because it's boring that Aberdeen having to hand back tickets was quote embarrassing now but what are you, where do your opinions lie on this oh, you know my opinions and it was too biased so I'm not going to bother no no but that's what we're looking for is a debate <laughs> between you wanted to fill the stadium correct you had the trade-off, and um, we did put this up on Instagram, that you either have a 50-50 allocation, yes. and you risk empty seats, yes, or you fill Hamden mm-hmm. and offset the kind of 50-50. My opinion was, is the better way round to do it not to initially have the 50-50 allocation and then change it? No, I think you have to start with 50-50. Yes, okay, so we're in agreement there. You have to start with that. And then, yes, if you're a fortnight in, and you've only sold, what was it, 9,000? Yes. Then... Depending on certainly where you sell them, mm-hmm. you know, you can, I think, was it East Stand you can give them back? The side stand? Yeah, it was, you're only going to be in an end stand if you're an Aberdeen fan so, now. Which hope was a fair whack. I mean, I know, if, but it, if Aberdeen can get to, like, say, 15,000, yes. for a semi-final, which historically have never been that well attended anyway, no, exactly. it's a pretty good effort. Especially with the way you're playing, mm-hmm. which is utterly murder. Well, we'll get to that. Right? We'll, we'll get we're, to that. Can we get to talk on a philosophical a, point on that? That filters in. <laughs> Well, I mean... If I was an Aberdeen fan, knowing I was going to play Rangers, I'd be second-guessing it. Well, I think that that is the case. And actually, you know, I thought Alex Ray's comment were actually stupid, frankly, for a pundit nah. to come out and blatantly say something like that. He's got an IQ as long as one of his hair but in he millimetres. Have, he, he does have a bias. <laughs> oh, he does have a bias. And, and the he's well fans, within his rights to have a bias. The Rangers fans are lapping that up. The amount of garbage comments right. I saw in that post... If Willie Miller had came out and said exactly the same thing, though, would you be agreeing with him? But Millie Miller would never do that. Ah, you never know. Millie never do uh, that. Seen in his old age. <laughs> I mean, it's it's far from embarrassing for a number of reasons. I think you know the distance is a nightmare. The the kickoff time is a nightmare. <laughs> Being, do you know what actually? Well, I think Alec Ray is a total plonker, level-headed pundit of Scottish football. Michael Stewart, you might be familiar with his mm, level-headed. Well, he actually wrote quite a good article, which I I too I hold my I hands up. Was was quite good. But who was this article? Scotsman record. Uh, it was a Scottish son. Oh. <laughs> um, I was on the website. I came across, but he levelled some incredibly good arguments, saying that it's actually incredibly difficult because you've got these these wholehearted fans that will follow their team no matter what, and then you've got the people that are angry at the way that this has been dealt with and are looking to protest the matter. 
So it's the case of whether you go out and you support your team or Idea. you stand your ground and you know you protest this matter. Um, incredibly good point, Michael Stewart. Well done. Bring more of that punditry and sports unit. <laughs> top level. Top level. It was very good. The top punditry as we've had on this podcast for the last have. two weeks. Uh, <laughs> not before then. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it was, it was an incredibly good point. And I think that's where the Aberdeen fans find themselves right now is... You know, stuck in the middle with you, sort of scenario. You do. So for this kind of semi-final, we went last year to the Scottish oh, Cup good game. Grief, a mistake that was. I mean, how many was there? They reckon <clears> about <throat> nine to twelve thousand Aberdeen fans. Aye. Yeah. yeah. So that, if you consider that a core following, then you're probably bang on the money where you would be. Probably. If I- this was without the controversy, you would have maybe about twelve to fifteen thousand sold. Twelve to fifteen would be. Would so be that is that is the kind of solution to the answer. Yeah, the problem. Is that <laughs> no? I see your point. I'm so confused right now. Aren't we all? Um, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And the point was made is they do have the support because they took forty thousand to Celtic Park to watch them win the. It was a final though. I know, I know. And well, that's the thing. This isn't. And this is where the granny and the auntie and Aye. the four year old goes to his first game. You know, it's yeah. well, the, the one person becomes four. The fact is as well. You know, they keep, they're comparing. I think what over fifty thousand sold. For the equivalent fixture at Murrayfield. Now, we were discussing the weekend. We can't remember the last time Hearts were in some sort of semi final like it's this. Been a while. And with it being played in Edinburgh as well. Played across the road. Of course, they're going to sell that allocation. Yeah, Hearts as well are on top of the league. They're on top of they're the They're absolutely world. flying. Yeah. And there's if, momentum. If Aberdeen fans are honest, <laughs> and if I am honest, I'm not going through there to watch them get horsed as I did last time mm-hmm. when they played Motherwell. Because these semi-finals have actually been ten a penny for Aberdeen fans. Very fortunately, you know. Over the last five or six years, it's it's true. Yep. Exactly, and <laughs> you're getting bored. <laughs> well, yeah, you kind of are because you know. And this is what this is the question I wanted to ask: is you know what's the proper football fan? You know these diehards that go home and away, and this is where arguments like tin pot club and st- that phrase like mm. makes my blood boil. You know, we'll get to them. Who, Rangers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Morton. <laughs> oh, Morton. <laughs> no, we won't come back to that. Um, but do you think it's fair as a football fan to be missing fixtures like this? That depends on your stance. I mean, I'm a Falkirk fan. And we've, You've I, given up on home and away this season. I've just given up in general. You're a massive glory hunter, though, which we've never established. No, this season I am. <laughs> this season I absolutely am. But I've had my fair share of pain and misery for the last three or four yes. seasons. So yeah, you deserve a bit of happiness. Uh, that's why I've been to Hearts twice this season, <laughs> just, just to watch a good game. Hearts, Hearts. Good time, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Rangers, Rangers fans going about scolding all this crap. I don't think it's warranted. They could sell their 50,000 tickets if they wanted yeah, they themselves. Could, but like, There's absolutely no argument on their side. It's more why Aberdeen haven't sold mm-hmm. their 50-50 and their many kind of answers not one of them is definitively correct I think there's a multitude there is of a multitude. going on you can't polarise it the boring correct answer yeah. um, I saw as well what Football 365 put up like Scottish fans aren't even interested in their own game you know based on this sort of story that's ah, just nonsense it's, that's English bias I've <sighs> seen it through sort of tinting lenses mm. well the sooner the sooner it's all over the better if Aberdeen do win, I'll be back on my high horse. Sell <laughs> your 50-50 allocation. Getting no so problem. much stick for myself not going, which I was doing and eyeing about, but... See if it is a Hearts-Aberdeen final, they'll play it in Murrayfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bias they have against Aberdeen at the moment 
uh, could be the case. But you know, I was conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I was five minutes into that game again at Tynecastle, thinking, "Yeah, I might go to the cup final now." Actually, after another five minutes, I was like, "No, no, I'm not going to the cup final." So, I think it is time. Oh, before we move on, actually, some some good comments on the Instagram. Kev Small was my favourite on the Alec Ray one. Just had to Google who Alex Ray was and why his opinions on this actually matter. <laughs> Thumbs off and hit the hell on the head. Uh, Mullen C82. Poor kickoff time. Hundreds of miles to travel then stuck behind the goals. Don't blame them for poor sales. Uh, and to balance that, Rudry, Rudy, Rudy Boy 1985. Celtic and Rangers fans regularly taking thousands to European games. Real fans follow their team. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is a fair point, well made. Yes. And Aberdeen fans are loaded. We know that for a fact, so there's no excuse there. Anyway, back to the Tyne Castle game. Uh, my first time at Tyne Castle the weekend, we went to the Hearts game. You know, we were talking about real fans, fuck it, we were at Cappy Low. We were at the polar opposite at the end of we the country. Tyne Castle, yep. Uh, you know, getting away from that. And as I've said, it, it's become apparent that John Brown is, in fact, a massive jambo. A huge glory hunter. Closet Jambo. And, you know, bear in mind, you know, we're, we're, we're good friends, John. Would you say that? Yeah, we're good reasonable. Friends. Well, our friendship's obviously now strained so, yes. after what I saw the weekend. I was sat next to John, you know, and as an uh, away fan in a home stadium, you know, I'm quite happy to kind of go with the Hearts fans and their things. You know, I'm at their, their home. It's very generous of them to have me. But, you know, I'm sitting kind of, I'm, I'm shaking, actually, in that first half because it's, it's awful. Well, no, it was... For, for from an Aberdeen, Aberdeen perspective, perspective, it was utterly scary. Sensational from a Jambo's point of view, and I've, I've stated that across. This guy over here is like, oh, ref, what are you doing? That decision's off. I'm like, John, would you <laughs> You get involved. down. But not, you you've involved. never been, I've, I might as well have been a Celtic fan, sat next to you, a Rangers fan, an old fun derby or something. It was that polarised. I was horrified. Absolutely horrified. When the goals went in, he's jumping all about, giving it loudly and... Oh, you, know, you, were, nice you were loving life. You know how nice it was to be in part of a winning team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, aside from your your partisan <laughs> match day experience, can I just clarify? I hate him so much <laughs> that that's why I win. <laughs> well, I'm the one that's supposedly this glory hunter following like Celtic and Livy, but I've never actually got behind them that much. Um, match day experience. What did you make of it, John? That's fantastic, though. Let's be honest. Uh, we drove in, parked at Fountain Park. We did. Which was putting less than a fiver for four hours. Which as long as you get parked behind what is not a pillar, that was a nightmare, but all right. Yes. Um, five, ten minute walk down to the stadium, picked up the tickets there. Which took a while. And it was a little bit expensive. In fact, um, that was quite expensive. Yeah. 32 quid for a home ticket. For, for, a, for an adult, yeah. painful. Um, but that, to see the top team in the league. That, even for a Scottish game, that is absolutely horrendous. 25 quid max suited that game but then 18,000 people there 18,000 people did show up happy so. to pay it and that that's the thing that hit me versus a Falkirk game granted I don't turn up to Falkirk games on you know normal times now but you know all the heads bobbling along the streets and stuff thousands of people oh, yeah. gathering see when you see like merchandise sales outside the stadium like all the scarves and the hats and the badges and stuff mm. a really proper football match and you kind of miss that you especially that. in championship football I mean we, we can compare it to Falkirk because we go Falkirk regularly and you are absolutely isolated for the town when you go to Falkirk yes you compare right, that so. to going to Tynecastle and I know it's Edinburgh and it's city centre but you really are right on it mm-hmm. straight away you know you got the pub right around the corner you know a 15 minute walk really into the town 
you know, it just makes for a far, far better atmosphere. Absolutely, I'm totally agreement with you. Um, you are crammed right into the stadium. It's superb. But the stadium just, takes no prisoners in terms of actually there's one turnstile no, for two stands. Um, um, but it generates its own atmosphere as well, just in terms of where it is and, and you're right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, no, it is really brilliant. If you are at a loose end and you do want to go and see a decent game, it's probably one of the best places to go. I would agree. Um, I would. I would go back. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that was the second time I've been this season. Uh, I, I don't know if people. I don't, would people be angry about that as outsiders? If you're there to support a club and not sit in the corner and well, I'm, I'm, I'm plumping money into your club exactly, yeah. and we bought a pie. I, we wanted some scarves and ties actually as well. That was another very impressive kind of. The Merch, merchandise. Merchandise was pretty bang on. Like I thought it was a bit preemptive having the sort of Lego open top bus. Um, you know, Aye, well, you've maybe no getting, a, well, maybe getting a, ahead of ourselves <laughs> there, Hutch. But uh, very good. There was a wee book uh, about you know being a Hearts fan, <laughs> and I was like, I'm convinced. <laughs> and it was a wee toddler so sort of thing. Uh, kits look absolutely smart. It was just it's a Premiership experience. Ah, um, yeah, and, and we are comparing it to. Aye. The absolute dross that we usually go. Okay. And I must admit, you know, I've argued, you know, we've had a lot of argument about stadium atmospheres and you know how Hamden miles away from the pitch, Tencastle, you're right on top. Mm. The view we had from what is not the best seats in the stadium by any means no, no, no. was fantastic. Yeah. You know Yeah, you're right on top of the action. And we were in the Roseburn, it was like the kind of half and half. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only stand I've ever been in. Because the away fans are in the it's same. Probably, it's probably where they put the tourists yeah. and there's later hosen. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that was the only place it was empty seats. A lot um, of German people. There was a lot of German people. Um, they must all f- flee off when Oktoberfest's on there because all the tourists come in and they think, well, this they is get the Oktoberfest in, in Edinburgh. I must admit, you know, seeing, seeing them all there in their lederhosen and stuff like that, and when you invited your Germans to the Falkirk game... Yeah, what a mistake. It's a much better experience <laughs> at Tyne Castle than what a mistake that was. I thought, if you want to see what proper football and a proper atmosphere uh, is, because that was loud. Ah, it was really, good, really good. So loud that the Aberdeen fans actually did you hear about this. Hmm. Resorted to taking up a pitch side microphone. Really? It was that's what they threw <laughs> at the player, which I was thought it? was quite creative. I uh, thought it was a drink of juice. Nope, it was a pitch side microphone. Nice. According to the <laughs> tweets that I've now read. As you do. Uh, I've not seen it, but I heard about it. <laughs> but I'm Microphone. Microphone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> which was a bizarre moment because that was a very um, that was actually a very pantomime moment in the stand. Because everyone got up and, you know, Aberdeen fans were just side of us away and was looking at, like, what's going on here? And they were throwing abuse left, right and centre. And we had no idea. Nah, no clue. Uh, some good banter as well about the um, the the cup final, semi-final attendances. Like, mm. you couldn't sell your allocation, I think was the chant. You were probably raucously singing that <laughs> as well, <laughs> knowing you. But, uh, aye. Anyway, to the actual match itself. It's a really good game. It was. It had something right until the end. Both teams mm-hmm. had something to fight for. Didn't look that way to begin with, though. I Did not. Aberdeen just looked shell shocked for the first half hour, forty five minutes. I mean, this is what most could not get into the game. Punishly said, I must admit, I've not seen a team of any quality play that well. You know, as Hearts did in the first half in the flesh. I think possibly ever. Um, the passing and the movement was oh, just I, sensitive. and I, I did wonder from the start. You know. Pezu out they went with mm. Naismith and McLean up front you're like well it's a bit a bit leggy a bit agey but they're just they're so clever oh the, the movement in itself I mean Naismith knew to drop deep 
and he just found acres of space. No, no one was blimmin' nightmare. I've seen ah. a number of. Li- I've never. That's the one thing I've taken away from that Hearts fixture. I've never seen a bunch of moaners more than I have at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. You've got to go on. When you watch Naismith though, he's, he's like watching Dobby in the or Dobby in the yeah, championship, right? He's a class above. And Naismith's the same really when he's playing in the Premiership. He is an absolute standout and he's well worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, live just to see his movement and, and his antics. Ah, he's patter <laughs> with a referee is what I'm thinking about. Uh, quite how he never got set off, I don't know. Well, uh, there were, purely for descent. There must have been 11, 12, 13 bookings yeah, in this game. A, there was 11 bookings. I think it was 5, 6 Aberdeen Hearts. Um, it didn't strike me as a fiery game. It was just, I think, especially in that first half, I said to you that Aberdeen looked like a team, like a high school team that were playing a team two years older than them. Aye, and that they were fouling them, still getting into bad positions. Hearts were still getting into good positions, and they were just, you know, miles behind. Um, you know, the refereeing was it Kevin Clancy? It was Kevin Clancy. Aye, it kind of came into question from yourself. Most of the Hearts fans as well weren't too pleased. Conspiracy theory. Uh, Well. (laughs) But uh, it's difficult because once you make the conscious, uh, I think it's easier to give it a yellow than a second yellow, isn't it? You put the guy in the warning and then... Because Mackay Stephen, par example, right? After he got booked, there was one or two challenges that... He looked to be agitated. I think Mitchell had him in his back pocket most of the game. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute standout. You're a, you're a bit in love with Mitchell. I don't, I don't entirely see it. He looked fantastic. you got to admit... It, it, Defensively, he's a bit of a worry. Mm-hmm. He's a bit like um, Tavernier. Mm. Great, he's so far up the pitch. Great going forward, cannot defend for peanuts. Well, the um, centre-backs were solid. I think they had a new boy coming, Dia, Diamanka. Or mm-hmm. I'm getting mixed up with Amankawa, who's rubbish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who did quite a good job and actually... Um, really speaking, looked fine. Godinho on the other side looked all right. It was a brilliant cross for the goal. The oh, quality yeah. of their hearts crossing was, was brilliant. I mean, for a club the size of the statue of Aberdeen in terms of players... Mm-hmm. Could not deal with a cross ball. No. It was quite worrying. Uh, they went a filler in the box. You know, there could have been three or four penalties quite comfortably. I think, though, they, they kind of rode out that first half 2 0, and I sadly missed the, the second goal and the penalty. Uh, apparently, a very soft decision because I was way of getting the pies. Only £2.50, which we've decided is a, is a good price. But Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable for him. Quite a good pie. Uh, so that's the first time I've missed a goal in ages because of something like that. Because I heard the shout go, Way! and I'm like, I'm like running around the sort of oh, the know, kiosk to see kind of what's going on. And then I was so miserable by that point anyway that I was just like, sod it. <laughs> Don't need to see this. But then Joe Lewis saved an excellent penalty second I half. Yep. Um, and you know, one of the things I've discussed is despite Hearts dominating, Aberdeen could have got a draw from this game. Yeah, they came in the second half a, a lot more than what I expected them. Heads could have went down, but well, uh, Niall McGinn came on second half and was just a world of difference for that team. Um, you know, have, have you seen uh, Wilson's miss? Is yeah. it was it worse than it looked? We were kind of we were in this, the end stand where he was shooting in the second half on the same side effectively, and you you cannot kind of grasp how bad they cut to get through the ball. See. He just rushed it. It's like another time in the world. He could have took a touch. What is sensational about that is there's two players on that park on loan from Manchester United. Right? Uh, who was the better? Well, you know, head and shoulders. That boy Mitchell could be a Manchester United first teamer in years to come. Could be. It's a stretch. No. He won. He won them like youth player of the season or something last season for them. Uh, so you know he is. He's very highly rated. But uh, McInnes tried three different strikers in this game. Right. 
Initially, Wilson was out wide. Cosgrove was up top. Yes. He was terrible. Oh, useless. Beyond abysmal. And he then switched out Crossgrove rightly and put Wilson up front, who did... I think his, his movement's actually quite good. Carved out a chance, which he's missed badly. Um, and then Shinny had quite a good chance, which he missed badly. Yeah. Um, so, actually, even shot was the only one that came close. A good save. So they squandered those few chances that they did have when Hearts were on the ropes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was the thing that occurred to me when they came out second half is when they don't have that system, they don't have that structure, you know, Aberdeen kind of came into the game a bit more, so maybe kind of stronger as individuals out with a system, which shows you McInnes doesn't really have a system. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of still working that out. Um, but I, I would have been shocked if they'd got a draw from that game. I don't think they would have deserved it on balance. They showed up a wee bit more in the second half, yeah. but the game was already done by then. Well, a lot of the punditry is very biased towards Hearts thumping them, but the scoreline not really reflecting that. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, two one was a, it was a fair reflection on the game mm-hmm. in terms of Hearts, like I say, dominated first half. Second half, Aberdeen did come into it, mm-hmm. but Hearts didn't push as much as they did in the first half. No, um, and I think it kind of balanced out to a two one. Penalties galore, really. Uh, yes. Uh, and the game was kind of... Five penalties awarded over the weekend, all of which controversial. Shows you the state of refereeing again. Aye, no ideal. But Would you have sent someone off in that game? Naismith oh. mm, for dissent. Oh. <laughs> every fight, so every foul. So much. Um, but it's I, funny though. I have to admire, and a man you not entirely a fan of, Craig Levine, and what he's done there. And that was the hilarious thing at the end of the first half. Is both managers went up and just oh. scalded the referee for various reasons. I mean, Levine has completely and utterly changed my opinion of him entirely. Mm. Um, I was very sceptical uh, when he took over for Cathro. Yeah. I thought it was his kind of downfall during I then. I was sitting in the stands thinking, what does Cathro think to himself right now? You know, the fact that this guy's turned them round without, you know, a lot of budget. They've gone about it the right way. There's a good mix of youth. There's not many expensive players in that team. I know Naismith will be on a handsome wage. They got McLean on a free. Oh, they, they've done their business really well. And you've got to give credit Levine you know, for that. He's he's clearly got the club at his heart. Hey, I've done that well. Um, <laughs> didn't even mean that. But, you know, it's quite nice to actually... He's repairing his, his reputation really after oh, yeah. Scotland. And uh, I'd be loved and adored by those fans and that right. against the brilliant thing you know they they round off the game you get the the hearts hearts glorious hearts and you know the, the announcers like and top of the league <laughs> and he's amazingly able to get the Hibernian score 30 seconds quicker than any other scoreline <laughs> in the land uh, you know which is quite fun so you know on a high great to be part of it and I'm I'm very envious of hearts fans right now such as uh, John Maroon Man himself total blonker um, <laughs> 18,000 there good crowd no, fantastic crowd I mean I, I ground like that with 18,000 years which brings me on to my attendance quiz John okay so let's cue the music Right, John. Okay. So, this week's attendance quiz. What I've done is I've taken 
the average attendance is from lassies. Okay. Right. I've taken the population of the cities or towns oh, Jesus in Christ. the surrounding areas, <laughs> and what I've done is I've come up with a percentage of attendance per population. Oh, God. Okay. Now, right. in the case of Glasgow and Edinburgh, I've divided them by two because they have two clubs in the Premier Division. Okay. Dundee only had one team in the Premier Decision Division, so I've only taken that as a one. Right. Okay. So, what I'm going to get you to do, John, is I'm going to take the top six teams. I'm going to get you to guess and see who you think is in the top six as attendance per population. Right, so as a percentage of the population. Yes. Right. So how many people have they managed to attract from their local area? In theory, I know this is not how it would work. Yes. Fair All enough. statistics have been roughly taken from the 2012 census from Wikipedia. <laughs> um, and the 2017-18 attendance stats, which are again on the Wikipedia Isn't it just page. a Harvard reference list just running down the screen <laughs> well, right now? It could be. There could be. So, John, do you want to ha- hazard a guess as a top six team? So a top six team... Uh, for for this list, so we're doing the list right. Uh, Premiership teams, right? I'm going with Hearts. I think with Bennett. No, really? No, they have so they have seven point nine percent of their attendance per population. So half the population. Okay. All oh, right. So this is about finding smaller. Not necessarily. Just pick a team. Uh, well, Dundee. Yeah, Dundee coming at six. Um. The population of Dundee is 74,135 people. I'm going to give you this to <laughs> plus or minus 5% is what I've said. <laughs> um, so what percentage per population do you think made it to Dundee's games? Uh, 10. 8% is the correct answer, so we'll give you a point there, John. Um, so what was their average attendance? Their average attendance was 5,947. Last That's season, not which bad. Is, it's all right. They bad. were the first ones behind the sort of big five, um, which is funny because you look at the list: it's sixty thousand, fifty thousand, uh, kind of eighteen thousand, eighteen thousand, fifteen thousand, and five. Aye, <laughs> there's a big drop, but then there's a big drop from forty-nine thousand down. So, do you want to take a another guess mm-hmm. at a top sixteen? Um, I don't think Aberdeen would be in it. You're correct. Yeah. Aberdeen, 8% only of their population they attract. No, firm I don't think we've been either because Glasgow's so big. Mm, okay. Really? Yeah. Celtic, in it? Yeah. Are they? Yes. Just. And at number one. Really? Celtic. <laughs> Rangers will be second then. They have an average attendance. Oh, no, I'm not telling you the average attendance. You can work that out though, it's not hard. Uh, population of Glasgow cut in half is 310,510. Right. Nah, so that's 600,000. What do you think their percentage is? No, 300,000. Uh, divided by <laughs> Don't do it in your head Must be about what fourteen fourteen percent? It's not, it's eighteen percent. I'm is not gonna give you the point for that. Oh. You are within plus or minus five, I'm gonna be cruel because I've realised the percentages are actually quite low. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus or minus one percent. So we're, we're changing the rules on the fly. Ah, it's okay. Uh, only eighteen well eighteen percent of three hundred thousand people's it's pretty good. Uh Name me another team. Oh, Rangers will be okay, saying. Rangers, yes. Again, 310,510. What's the percentage? Slightly less. Ooh, 16. 15.8, so if we round up. 16. 16%. Another point to you there, John. Uh, you've missed the teams in second, fourth and fifth. So someone's actually got a higher percentage. They do. They do. Someone has a higher percentage than Rangers. It's not an easy one to guess. <laughs> County. Nope, because they're not in the Premiership division this season, although I see why you've said that. Because last season, Dingwall yeah. was only popular with 6,000 or something. So I have included uh, the likes of St Mirren and Livingston. St Mirren 
uh, are actually setting bottom in both instances in competitive no. and uh, I think Paisley's quite and Livingston will be just as bad well Paisley's 77,000 they get 5% of that uh, Livingston 56,000 they get 2.4% that's you know. pretty grim and you know, I don't think how many other percentage goes to Hearts and Hibs and everyone else no the other 98 so there's there's two uh, you can write off right okay you can also write off Aberdeen and Hearts I'd write off Partick as well no they wouldn't have been in it anyway no Kilmarnock. Yep, Kilmarnock in at fourth. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought Kilmarnock was a big place. Well, there you go. 46,350 people. That's smaller than I thought. Uh, not in the region, just in the town. So right, what percentage okay. do you think Kilmarnock have in fourth? They must have about 10%. 11.7, yeah. 11.8%. 4,500 a game. They do. Uh, average attendance was uh, 5,500 last season because of their, uh, you know, obviously their great success. So, two more teams, John. Jesus. <laughs> Both bottom six. Do you, you know what the biggest challenge right now is just trying to remember the <laughs> remember twelve teams that are in the Premiership. Hundred percent not St Johnston. St Johnston and at fifth. Nah. Yet they get about two and a half thousand. They I get three thousand eight hundred and nine. Rubbish. Right, so I'm not telling you the town population. What is their percentage? Nine percent. It's eight percent. Ah. Uh, Forty-seven thousand one hundred eighty in Perth. Um, so I pretty good percentage from them and the last team in second place to attract nearly more than anyone else of their local population is Ooh, Hibs no oh, I'm Hibs are in the same line as Hearts obviously because <laughs> they've got a similar attendance ah, I don't come for Leith <laughs> <laughs> one more guys and then I'll tell you wouldn't it Motherwell it is Motherwell population 32,120 what's their percentage they're in between Rangers and Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be? 16? 16.8. Mm. Closer to 17. Their uh, average attendance was 5,390. Just short of Kilmarnock, which is... But, uh, well, cup runs and things I like that. I was going to say, two cup runs. A, a good season. Yes. Um, so it does show you success pays. Slightly. Yes. Well done, John. You scored four points. No one uh, go back and check that because I'm not really sure. I scored points. <laughs> points mean prizes. But there you go. Someone did manage to split the old firm in terms <laughs> of <laughs> attracting uh, <laughs> fans from their local area. So I think a short round uh, of applause for Motherwell Football Club. Are we really? Yes. Because I think that is a remarkable achievement and a statistic nobody would have ever looked up. It's still scary when you see that, though. Uh, what, when you're only attracting 16% of the local population? Yes. Well, well yes. <laughs> Where are the other 84%? <laughs> well, what are they yeah. doing on a Saturday? Getting dragged around the shops. Like, yes! Uh, that's what's called Livingston Back. Very much so. Designer outlet. Oh, they, they struggle in a number of reasons. Um, Aberdeen down at 8, Hearts, Hibs down at 8, Hamilton at 5.8. They're actually schoonered because there's over 50,000 people in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is abysmal. You know how many folk are going to Rangers and Celtic for Hamilton? Oh, it's scary. It's sad. Actually, really sad. Discussed it a lot in this uh, show. But uh, enjoy that quiz, John. That was good. Yeah. It's very factual. It was very statistical. Yes. Uh, if you'd lost, I would have thrown one of these uh, strawberry tarts in your We'd face. Probably lost all of viewership as well. <laughs> yeah, no. You know the loyalists are still. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say. Moving swiftly on, I think we. I think we should. Uh, we had the McKinnon Derby from Capilo to Falkirk High, or Falkirk High to Capilo, either, either way. Falkirk High, the station in Falkirk, Capilo, the Mince Stadium at Greenock Morton. Judos. 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 
Uh, they hung from the Clyde's Bank Bridge or something like that. I don't even know. Um, apparently, you know, again from my local scouts, thanks to to Brett on Instagram informing me about this. Uh, loads of police on the ground, like oh well, was extra stewards as well. Extra stewarding, which they Morton said, you know, just an average game for them, you know, security wise. Mm. Uh, did not say this. Uh, top banter, of course, though at the game. Ah, uh, uh, as we found out, are off the wall. Off the ball. What was the best chant, John? Uh, you're getting sacked in the morning. Sacked in the morning just after they scored. Now, that is terrible banter. Yes. Uh, to be fair, I did my rounds of the usual Morton vlogs after the match, and that was not the best chant going. Nope. Uh, to be fair to them, but there wasn't much else. And I must say. I mean, people forget this is not 1983. It's not. <laughs> there was like maybe about 1,400 at the game. The attendance wasn't great. Um, but see, watching back, I, I should pick my words carefully. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel, is Aye. what they're doing, John. Because see, when they scored that goal after 76 minutes against the worst team. In love of memory, if you're a Falkirk <laughs> fan. Exactly. Uh, by far, one of our bloody former players, as well, of all people. Uh, I'd last 15 minute specialist. Robert uh, McHugh. Robert McHugh. They no longer Bob. It's Robert. <laughs> Robert. They celebrated this as if they'd won the Blumen Cup. And if that is what you've got going for your club, then... It's a big three points for them, to be fair, because they have been struggling. They've been doing terribly. Uh, that Jonathan Johansson mm-hmm. hasn't won a game. That's his first win. Mm-hmm. As his wife was on off the ball again as well, chatting away. On the phone? No, um, on the way to the car. That was... Jo- Jonathan Johansson's wife. Oh, really? North Bowl, aye. Oh, I would have known. No. I, I, I haven't listened listen back to this morning. I have no malice for him. Uh, uh, it's a tricky job, I think, you know. They're kind of left with a, a sort of weird squad that's just kind of there. There's just a sort of championship team. There's no... I, I, like I say, it was a big win for them uh, against the almighty Folker Burns. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, well, that is the one thing, that the, the accuracy of the chance where of, uh, you're going down, down, down. Do have more and more of an eerie, you it's, know, truthfulness. Yeah, it's just a matter of time, really. There's very little that'll save them. Uh, they were also chanting, uh, "What? Where is your security? Show me your security." And I'm like, "Well, we gave them a two-year deal, so <laughs> <laughs> we may not have the security of being in the league, but we've got, you know, if you wanted to keep him, you should have signed him in that well, sort that's of the deal." Thing. This is just showing sheer jealousy, and that he must have done a good job, and they're very, very jealous. If, they, we if, got good if they wanted to keep him, they could have kept him. You know, they could have turned down the compensation agreements and stuff. It's not as if... I don't think there was a compensation agreement. Or did he just leave? This is an ongoing court case and we really shouldn't be talking about it. Oh, if I they did care. come after Sofa Manager, brilliant, because it's the most exposure we would have ever had. Fuck our share of court now. Well, <laughs> it's fine. We've got that top lawyer we talked about. Mm. Um, a newspaper chipped in with all their chatter as well, which is not exactly very classy, is it? I don't know. I it, could have photoshopped the blimmin' red card that they put out. Fair play to them. Uh, Fair play? Nah, it, Beyond that. They have tried their best to create a bit of banter, to put a few more in the gate. Didn't work. Mm. If Falkham had been playing better after McKinnon had came in, yeah, it would have been I more, think it would have been a different kind of... It would have been more intense effect. affair. Yeah, there would have been more Falkham fans going through. There probably would have been more Morton fans as well showing up. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's a bit of a damp squad, uh, to be brutally honest. Yeah. Hopefully that kind of draws a line under it now. Um, well, the only way that it'll ever ramp up again is if we are fighting them again mm-hmm. come the end of the season for 8th place, which is unlikely. But well, uh, Fogger's next two fixtures for Queen of the South again. Um, and Ross County, which are uh, well, pretty tricky. 
uh, to say the least. Awful game, zero points. Nobody got another hat trick. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, the, the fact that they, they held out 76 minutes is encouraging. Um, no, I just shows you how bad Morton were. Uh, well, we couldn't have lived in the worst defence. Let's, and... let's come at it from a positive. No, I mean, let's be honest, though. We have seen Falkirk a lot this season, yes. and they are rubbish. Okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking, right, if they can hold out for that long, if they could have held out for another 15 minutes, that's a point. Right? And that is a building block for something. Yeah, a little bit. So if they can just start picking up just a couple of points here it's just and there, touching distance to Aloha. Well, who won exactly uh, in uh, a long odds fixture, which we did see before the match against Partick Thistle with new manager Gary Caldwell? It's actually a bad weekend for new managers: Livingston, Horsing, Dundee, Dundee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jim McIntyre wasting money on his nice brown shoes for nothing there. Mm. Probably from the designer outlet just before the match, actually. <laughs> um, is is a uh, three points is a big problem now for those bottom two sides because it is it puts them up to what five six seven well maybe there is such a gap between eighth and ninth mm-hmm. and then there is a gap now developing between ninth and tenth which is scary but it's just the way it has it's just one man has managed to destroy that club and we go over it and over it on this show uh, all the time. yeah we're not going to dwell on it because nobody cares yeah, pretty much um, that, nobody cares about the championship uh, the other end, Ross County, a good win to air, kind of yeah. keeps them quiet for a wee while. Aye, and the uh, elite. According to, um, wasn't he Tam Cowan? Was it, uh, who's the other guy again? Me, Cosgrove. Aye, according to Stuart Cosgrove, uh, team performance of the weekend, Inverness, Caledonian <laughs> Thistle, <laughs> getting a point off Dundee United. Yes, but... Uh, Buzz off. Uh, they had a new manager as well, Robbie Nielsen, so they expected the the zesty performance for a terrible Dundee United team. So I don't aye. see, I don't see where that was coming from. Um, so I that kind of keeps them in touching distance as well. I don't even know the the other championship scores. Doesn't really matter. Nope, it doesn't. Anyway, shows shows our interest <laughs> in Scottish football, which we leads us nicely onto what keeps Scottish football going. Uh, and a topic that John himself has actually selected. For uh, once, I've actually for done once. Yeah, yeah. Well, may I point out, listeners, right? There's a document. This size. That is sent out each week. Does he read it? Nine times out of ten, no. Two I times. think you have glanced at this week's one. To I be have. Fair. I do it every week. He's got the more expensive tablet software, as you can see. So, or um, for audio listeners, he's got a Microsoft software for this. I have an iPad, you know. So, Microsoft, if you are listening. <laughs> Sponsorship is Hashtag available. Apple fanboy. I'm needing a new phone soon, Apple, so if you if you fancy. <laughs> uh, that awkward moment I try and sharpen my pencil, though. Um, so, John, uh, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. You are quite the fan. I do like them. I enjoy them. Uh, you're always, you know, pointing out uh, various things about your man Levine, for example. We also have the insert player-manager here effect, which you're also harping on about. So what conspiracy theory have you got for us today? Right. One or two. Yep. Now, we have watched some absolutely horrendous refereeing decisions lately, so I decided to have a little investigation into how things have gone historically. Right, okay. So as we all know, uh, the referee always buys, sort of faces the other team. Right. Uh, so I did a little bit of research into this to find some absolutely ludicrous Articles and whatnot on this. Right. The best one I found was back in 2015, right? Okay, not that long ago. Scottish Cup semi-finals, Celtic played Inverness. Yes. Right? We won't, won't talk about the final, but the semi-finals. As you'll remember, or not, 
Celtic were 1-0 up in the game. They had a penalty declined for a blatant handball, which probably would have put them 2-0 up. And they would have won the game, got into the final, and horsed Falkirk. <laughs> <laughs> which they did. <laughs> As it transpired, Everness came back. I think it was an extra time, won the game. Mass hysteria, conspiracy theories galore. So... There was an article, and I do apologise, I can't remember the actual source. I think it was Vice. Oh, get off Sports, the show. I think it was Sports Vice. I had came up with this notion that the referees pre-match were pictured doing Masonic handshakes. Uh, right? Right, okay. Now, well. if you follow the line of stereotypes <laughs> you follow along with Masonics, they're Rangers fans. They're <laughs> from <laughs> distance. And they had set out to like absolutely destroy any hope of Celtic winning a treble. Because we're on for a treble that season. Uh-huh. Um, and there's pictures of it saying, oh, this is pretty much Masonic uh-huh. handshake and ah, we're to get them. Like, what a load of toys. <laughs> as sensational as I'm really, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I love it though. Like, see what they say Masonic handshakes. Like, they always used to show you in Top Gear, like, the sort of hand under the hand leg. Right. It's like the hand on top and you shake it like that. <laughs> yeah, like, up and down. How do you know, unless you are a mason yourself and you've written that article? That's typical old firm crack, though, isn't oh, it's it? Fantastic. That they would, because I, as I say on that Alec Ray stuff, I saw newspaper articles and stuff dragged up. There was that big one as well about uh, that Scott Brown was a Rangers fan. Oh, with the tattoo. Ah, with the tattoo. tattoo eye, yeah. And there were supposedly Wind pictures up. of him in a Rangers shirt and stuff. None of which was ever actually proven. Proven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> proven. proven. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I'm not surprised. I bet you there's some old firm stinkers. Oh. Uh, that do the rounds in particular comment any of yours below I mean there was the same one was it Alex Shark for the dive it got County a, a draw which put Rangers or, that was 2017 I think it had some mass effect in the league uh, Steve Gerard Gerard complaining that there was um, bias against them already they've only oh, been in the job a fortnight he, he launched into that for political reasons uh, aye and how do you want to hear my conspiracy yeah go for it this is my own doing this was no research right the SFA stroke SPFL is actually a Trojan horse set up by the English to destroy Scottish football. Right. And what they've done is they've in, in, they've constructed androids such as Neil Doncaster <laughs> and Alan Stubbs to come in and destroy our game. Right. And they're doing very successfully. So we're, we're going to see like Chris Sutton's the Terminator and he's, well, he's twisted. Right. I did think of whether to include Chris Sutton, but <laughs> I was like, he's actually very pro Scottish football in some cases. Chris Sutton is a Terminator sent back in time to save. John Connor, well, which is the SPL. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's turned around <laughs> to become the actual saviour. Oh, dear, that could be a thing. Androids turn all the time. The Sassanax Professional <laughs> Scottish Football League. <laughs> the SPFL. <laughs> oh, you can tell it's getting late, can't you? Yeah. No, I my, like my best one's Iron Brook Up. Yes, it's you're a, you're a, a fan it's of It's a proxy for two things, Coke teams and uh, the old firm moving down to England. <laughs> If it was a proxy for moving down to England, why would they do it with the rubbishest teams in Scottish football? But they can demonstrate to UEFA and go, look, cross-border competition, English teams playing Scottish teams. Thank you very much. <laughs> it works. It works. Good luck with that. They're nowhere near the quality to do it yet. And it would help if the Colt teams weren't constantly getting horsed. Yes. Well, no, was it Morton, uh, 
Motherwells under twenties. Did they? They must be the only. Are in the quarterfinals. Are they? Um, what do you make of that? See, Falkirk are playing Stens Muir in the Scottish Cup. Nah, thankfully I'll not be here. That'll be hilarious. I don't know which end to sit in. <laughs> well, well, I. You, we know you would sit in the maroon end, of course. Yes. Good <laughs> thing. Who are you? There's, there's the other conspiracy theory. John Brown's never been a Falkirk fan. He just likes to play the, you know, play the the sads dame and damsel in distress. Yeah. I'm always a damsel in distress. <laughs> You're always a damsel in distress. Anyway. On that note, you got yeah. any more conspiracy theories? No, but I want to hear everyone else. Yes. So, insta- well, this will be on Instagram. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You the, the perfect forum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you do have any conspiracy theories, do write in. If you have made it this far, thank you. <laughs> thank you very, very much. I know our, our stuffs can be a, th- a bit thick to get through sometimes. So, if you have enjoyed it, give us a like and a subscribe. It helps us loads. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, pretty much anywhere want us so get subscribed on there so you never miss an episode and check out sofamanager.com and sofamanager on all the social media platforms we're somewhere uh, we are pretty much everywhere um, and thank you very much for the great interaction this week as well so uh, it's a thank you from myself Paul cheers guys all the best and I'm going to feed John these jam tarts that are on the table we nine them up <laughs> <laughs> so have a good evening a good afternoon and a good morning bye bye